The One Micronesia podcast is brought to you by Docomo Pacific. Better together. Hafidei, Mogasin, and Kasselelier. And welcome to the One Micronesia podcast. Another one this week. And this week, I'm so excited to sit down and chit-chat with this amazing um, Micronesian woman. She's a, she's a doctor. She's Dr. Emily Keeling, uh, who, uh, who, who does so much uh, when it comes to uh, literature side uh, of Micronesian culture, especially Ponapain culture. So we're going to sit down and, and get to know her and talk about her work, the amazing things that she's done. Also talk about, towards the end there, an exhibition uh, of Udos uh, that is up on display right now in uh in australia how cool is that so we'll talk we'll talk to her we'll get to know the backstory and all of it but first things first dr emily thank you and welcome to the show Asinelia, mr victorious um thank you for having me on the show it's a privilege let's tell us more about you and what you do and stuff um, like that <laughs> me uh let's see i currently i'm uh, digital resident at the Oberzee Museum in Germany, in Bremen, Germany. I have a, a residency online for three months with a good friend of mine, a fellow poet, Tina Moana Baker. And I'm a curator. Um, I'm a poet. I've taught for many years throughout Micronesia and in Hawaii. Um, yeah. Wow. Talk about some of the places. <laughs> talk about some of the places you've, you, you've taught at. Um, I've taught at the College of Micronesia, the Born Bay campus. Um, that was back in 2007. Or, yeah, 2007. Um, I've also taught um, at University of Hawaii in the English department. Um, I've also taught at University of Guam, also at the, in the English department. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So throughout the islands, Pacific Islands. Wow. Um, so let's talk about um, the, the love for what you do. And you talk about literature being something that's um, that keep when we talk about our, our culture and, and how and ask the question, like, how do we keep it alive? Of course, we practice it every day. We speak the language. Mm-hmm. We, we, but then literature, too, is is, is one of the key um components in 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 ways to uh, keep our cultures alive and telling stories and in 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 writing and stuff like that so tell us more about how you fell in love with that um i've been telling people lately that i didn't start i wasn't into reading and writing growing up especially in form bay and you know pacific island societies as as you know are primarily oral or visual um, and reading and writing, in my experience, and I think in a lot of our experiences, is not really encouraged. Um, it's, it's not the norm to, especially if you're a child, to sit at home and read a book by yourself. That's very un- unusual. So I didn't grow up doing that. I was always outside playing with my friends in Salatak in Fonte. So um, I really didn't start reading a lot um, or writing until I left one day um, and moved to Honolulu. And that's when I kind of, I had culture shock and I was very unhappy, <laughs> unhappy child. And um, that's when I started reading more and um, got more interested in literature. I think I, 
um, I could relate with, to some of the stories that I read. And um, that's how I became more interested in writing and reading. It's very interesting. Uh, you talked about, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, as, as a child in Pompeii, uh, it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, reading was not, uh, you know, you're supposed to be outside doing activities, either mm-hmm. playing with friends or, or, or chores or stuff like that, you know, around yeah. the house. And, you know, so how, 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 with, with all your, um, your teaching experiences throughout Micronesia and, and, and Hawaii, mm-hmm. like, how have you seen the generation grow uh, when it comes mm-hmm. to literature? Because, like I said, in, in mm-hmm. during your time, it was it was really like you're not supposed to be inside reading a, a full length novel. You're supposed to be outside <laughs> doing stuff. But so, have have <laughs> you seen our, our uh, the new generation of of Micronesian kids, especially FSM mm-hmm. kids, you know, grow into like loving reading and stuff like that? Um, honestly, I would say it was very different. You know, teaching at College of Micronesia and University of Guam, or even at UH and one of the biggest differences, I think, is language, you know, in, at FSM or at Bond Bay campus where I taught. The students, for them, English is their second, third, or fourth language. And that's something that I think in our education systems, which are, you know, colonial or introduced by America, primarily mm-hmm. or Japan before now America, um, and primarily a lot of the teaching, especially from high school on, is in English. But that's not, um, for most of us, that's not our first our language, you know. Um, so that's the main difference between teaching here on Guam and in um, Hawaii is that mm-hmm. in Guam and in Hawaii, the students, their first language and oftentimes only language is English. So it's really hard to compare that. And we, we really shouldn't have the same expectations of students, especially if their first language isn't English, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like there needs to be more of an appreciation of multilingualism and bilingualism, especially in our education system, because it's been proven to show that ch- children who are bilingual or multilingual are more intelligent, you know? And... Um, so that's one of the biggest differences. But as far as appreciating literature, um, my approach was always that um, to try to teach my students literature that they can relate to. So I would always teach literature by other Pacific Islanders in my classroom. And for that, for a lot of them, it was really eye-opening because primarily they hadn't been exposed to writing poems or short stories written by other Pacific Islanders. Um, And only kind of through reading these did they start to kind of think, oh, well, you know, we can tell our own stories too, you know? My perspective as a born band raised in Pichi or wherever is, you know, is also valuable. So that was kind of my experience um, as far as exposing students to literature in the classroom. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. That, that's amazing. Um, uh, Dr. Emily, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, okay. we're going to go into, you know, what you're all about. You know, talk about uh, you, you wrote something, you wrote a, a first uh, publication. Your first publication was about Uros. So we'll talk about that coming up after this break. You're watching the One Micronesia podcast we brought to you by Docomo Pacific. It's better together.
It only gets better with more. Customize and save with the fastest internet speeds in the Marianas by adding mobile, phone, and TV to your bundle with Business Bundles Plus. Docomo Pacific Business. Work better together. For the different beats of your life, we're here to keep you connected the way you want it. Plans made for you, by you. Build your own bundle with Link. Select the internet, entertainment, mobile, and home phone plans that fit your lifestyle. Pay for what you want, not for what you don't. Build your own bundle and save with Link. Half a day, Mogatheen, and... We're back here with the podcast and we're still here with Dr. Emily. Uh, we talked about, we got to know her a little bit. We got to know what she's mo- most uh, passionate about, which is literature and teaching literature. She taught throughout Micronesia all the way up until Hawaii as well. So that was amazing to hear her backstory. Now let's, we're going to go into talk about Uros now what, and, and what it is and stuff like that. And, and the, the, this whole misconception of, of, of uh, just a Micronesian skirt. Uh, we're going to get into that because there's a difference. You know, each island has their own style. It would, each island has their, their own unique uh, style of the skirts that actually make it their own. And, and when you see it, you know, oh, that's from Chuk, that's from Pompey, that's from Koshai, that's from the Marshall Islands. So we're going to get to that. So Uros, uh, for those who don't know, what is it? Tell us more about it. Well, Uros are, um, as like there's Uros and Pompey are what I'm going to talk about because... Um, I'm from Pohnpei, and um, my research has been about Uros in Pohnpei. So um, I can't really speak to all of the different, like Uros from Chuk or Skato from Chuk, but um, I'll focus on what I know. Um, but Uros are Pohnpei and applique and machine embroidered skirts, um, and they're very colorful and bright and they're produced and made by women in Pohnpei throughout the island. Um, although Kuchi and Matalanim are the areas that produce kind of the most skirts right now. Um, let's see, there's a whole economy built around Uros in Pohnpei and so much, um, a lot of women, their whole um, income, they support their households with these skirts. And so they're extremely valuable. And especially when they leave Pohnpei, they become even more valuable. Um, for instance, a skirt being sold in Pohnpei might be a really nice skirt could be $100 now. But uh, being sold on Guam, it could be upwards of $150, $200. And um, women are willing to pay this price. Um, and particularly women from Chuk. Um, just Chukis women um, really love Ross and Ponte. So um, for many Ponte and women who sell Ross in Guam or in Hawaii or even in the States, um, our biggest customers are Chukis women. So there are Ponte and skirts, but there are prim- a lot of them are primarily being um, purchased and worn by Chukis women. You talk about your work uh which it literally revolves around Uros. And so t- tell us more about why you picked that as something that you focus all your energy on. <laughs> well, I like to say that I'm a Uros activist. <laughs> 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 oh, well, um, well, people have asked me if I consider myself an activist and I wouldn't call myself an activist, but I would say like I'm an Uros activist. Um, 
because I think um, it's one of our really cherished and beloved art forms. Um, it's something that Pompeian women call, we can call our own. And it's a really valuable um, part of our identity. You know, Pompeian women, women can go to the States or elsewhere and wear an Uros and that's, you know, call herself a Pompeian woman. It's like, a, it's a symbol of Pompeian womanhood. And um, it's also something that we gift to people we love. And I did my PhD research about Ross and kind of the social life of the skirt, because the skirt is, it's so much more than just a skirt. It's, um, you know, as I mentioned, it's gifted, it's exchanged, it's their love, they're collected, they're sold. And they're also play an important role now in um, kind of in tradition and in the chiefly system. Women, um, you know, will, will gift Uros to chiefly women to earn favor. And um, women also wear them for as uniforms to show like solidarity. And we wear them to our most important functions, Kamato for feast and Mela funeral feast. So they're just really important. And um, I just, I love them. So I want to share them with the world. <laughs> Uros activist, <laughs> Dr. Emily. <laughs> wow. Uh, and, and not only that, you, we talk about um, your first publication. Uh, it was a, mm. was it a, a set of poems uh, and, and, and it's all about Uros. Let's talk about that just a little bit before we call, take a little break. <laughs> well, actually, I have a copy of my book here because I wasn't sure if I was going to read a poem today. So oh, yes. I you have have a sh- oh, wow. So, um, my Uros. Uh, so there's a poem in here called My Uros, and I just chose to title the collection My Uros. Um, but not all of the poems in here are about Uros. Um, this is actually quite old. It was published in 2008. So oh, wow. um, at the time, I wasn't like planning to do research about Uros or anything. I just I've always loved Uros since I was a child. And um, and yeah, I, I wrote this poem after I was um, did my MA and I was lived in Bourne Bay and was working there. Wow, that's yeah. that's amazing. That's awesome. Uh, we're gonna take a break, but when we come back, we're still gonna talk about Uros, and but this time Bourne <laughs> Bay, not in Micronesia, but somewhere else in the world. It's literally uh, down south from us here in, in Micronesia. It's in Australia. We'll talk about that coming up after this. You're watching the One Micronesia podcast. We brought to you by Dokumo Pacific. It is better together. better with more customize and save with the fastest internet speeds in the marianas by adding mobile phone and tv to your bundle with business bundles plus docomo pacific business work better together for the different beats of your life we're here to keep you connected the way you want it plans made for you by you build your own bundle with link Select the internet, entertainment, mobile, and home phone plans that fit your lifestyle. Pay for what you want, not for what you don't. 
Build your own bundle and save with Link. Hafidei, Mogathin, and Casalili. We're back here with Dr. Emily. We talked about, we got to know her, got to know her story uh, and her love for literature and, and where she's been teaching throughout Micronesia and, and, and Hawaii as well. We talked about Udo, something that she's very passionate about and, and why it, 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 she chose that and, 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 and to, 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 to keep her focus on that specific thing. And then now that specific thing, which is a beautiful uh, Ponapeng skirt called Uros is not only a big and big uh, thing here in Micronesia and especially in Ponapeng, but it's also on exhibit on exhibit at a museum in Australia. So uh, let's talk about that. How did that happen? How did the 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 Ponapeng Uros go from Ponapeng <laughs> all the way to Australia? Which is really a, it's an amazing story to to let the people uh, to learn about. Actually, what you just said about the Uros traveling all the way to Australia made me think of the Chuki's goddess, you know, mm -hmm. the yeah, traveling the, statue. Yeah, that's my classmate, yeah. Mimi. <laughs> yeah, it made me think of her. I mean, she's traveling all over the world with her statue. So mm -hmm. um, it's not a surprise that a Uros exhibition is taking place in um, Queensland or in Brisbane, Australia. <laughs> um, well, the... The Uros exhibition is actually called Uros Fever, and it's part of a larger exhibition focused on northern Micronesia um, called Air Canoe, which is co-curated by Dr. Greg Dvorak and um, Ruth McDougall, who's the Oceania curator at the Queensland Art Gallery. Um, and Ruth reached out to me to see if I'd be interested in um, assisting with the exhibition and I, I was very keen to um, help curate an exhibition about Ross. So I reached out to a friend of mine in Point Bay who's also a lover of Ross, Dilian Daniel, and she teaches at COM and she also owns a store in Bell and Kuchi. And so she agreed to co-curate the exhibition with me. And we also brought on board um, Eileen Galen Moses, um, who's a school teacher and also the wife of a Senator Moses in Pompey. And she agreed to be our photographer for the exhibition. And um, we wanted it to be a mixture of commissioned skirts or skirts that would be acquired by the museum that would become part of their collections. So skirts that they purchased from or the seamstresses in Bonte. And then also skirts that have already been worn and loved by some of us collectors. So some of us, me, Delian, Eileen, another woman, Alberto Benjamin, we, um, we loaned some of our most beloved skirts to the museum for this exhibition. And then the skirts that were purchased by the museum were shipped over from Bonte to Australia as well. So it's a mixture of new skirts and then old love skirts that us collectors loan to the museum. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a small part of this larger exhibition and um, it was a real collaborative effort. Um, and yeah, we're just really excited to see Uros on display in the art gallery as part of a contemporary art exhibition because um, and skirts are just very important as an art form and as a form of identity 
Forley and Bombay, everywhere. Um, talk about it, while the post got, went viral, did people reach out and was like, hey, this is, have, what, what were some of the feedback from the people who have seen the post that you did? Other than um, asking if it's for sale. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I don't have a lot of friends or followers on Facebook. I'm not like that active on there. And I, I primarily have the Facebook to keep in touch with um, the women who were involved in the project with me. <laughs> and also just other phone fans, um, like family and friends who I have no other way to reach them is through Facebook. So um, the people that did do that do know me on there who did reach out, they primarily, they just wanted to share the images, but mm-hmm. a lot of people didn't know what it really was of, you know, um, because uh, as I mentioned, I just wanted to share it with the women who helped, helped with the exhibition. So so actually, and because it hadn't officially opened yet, I mm-hmm. didn't really like say this is happening. I was just sharing it with those women. And then it, it got shared to other people. So mm-hmm. um, when I share some other images um, after the opening and everything, um, I'll, I'll specifically say like what it was for and everything. Um, so I don't think people were just like, M, uh, what is this? You know, or M. Where is this? You know, like that. Um, mm. What? So, <laughs> so it's, a, it's a mystery. <laughs> Keep it a secret. <laughs> that's that's well. That's awesome to know that you know it, the the museum open uh-huh. or, or the exhibition opens up on December fourth. So well, you can't wait to see uh-huh. you know the the reactions from people who actually walk inside that room and just enjoy and 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 see the amazing stories that the Uros tell and then. And, and, and its significance in, in Pompeian culture and, in all, and mm-hmm. as well as you know, it shows a part of Micronesia in, in Australia. So that's yeah. amazing. And I can't wait to see the outcome. Thank you. I'll share some links with you actually after this. There are some talks that are going on as part of the programming for the exhibition that you might be interested in. Oh, nice. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Uh, do share. Do share. I always love yeah. a, a good read and, and to find out you know, um, mm-hmm. how things are, are, are turning out. So that's amazing. Uh, We're going to take a break, Dr. Emily, and we'll be back to pretty much close out the podcast with the last messages Mm -hmm. and all that. So we'll be back after this. You're watching the One Micronesia podcast. We brought to you by Docomo Pacific. It's better together. It's better with more. Customize and save with the fastest internet speeds in the Marianas by adding mobile, phone, and TV to your bundle with Business Bundles Plus. Docomo Pacific Business. Work better together. For the different beats of your life, we're here to keep you connected the way you want it. Plans made for you by you. Build your own bundle with Link. Select the internet, entertainment, mobile, and home phone plans that fit your lifestyle. Pay for what you want, not for what you don't. Build your own bundle and save with Link. Hafidei, Mogatin, and Kassalelie. Welcome back. And this is the last part of the podcast. We're still here with Dr. Emily. Uh, we talked a whole lot. We found out how, what, her love for literature, her love for Uros. And then we talked about that exhibition, which is which opens... Uh, to the public on December 4th in Australia. 
Uh, so that's that's going to be awesome to see. We'll find out, you know, reactions for people who walk in there for the first time and just love uh, the sight of beautiful, colorful uh, Ponape and Uros on display. So that's I want to see a feedback of that. But that pretty much okay. was the talk today. And uh, Dr. Emily, before we close out the, your story, even though if you think it wasn't as crazy but for some people listening in, you know, either if it's your love for literature or your love for uh, Uros or the exhibition, somewhere around there, somebody kind of might have felt inspired what, you, what you've done or what you and the, the other um, Ponapain women who, who have come together for this collaboration have done uh, to showcase uh, Ponapain culture and Micronesian culture elsewhere and felt inspired. What kind of message would you have for them? Mm. I think that being ourselves is a beautiful thing. And, you know, I've, I've always loved Ross and Ponte and there are other women like me that love them. And, you know, we face a lot of discrimination um, sometimes here on Guam, but especially in Hawaii. And um, a lot of us have been ashamed to, you know, wear our culture <laughs> on our skin and go out wearing our Ross which is such a shame to feel like you cannot, you know, wear your own skin or inhabit your culture. And I hope that seeing the Ross on display in the art museum where they're so appreciated and valued that will encourage um, other Ponpean young women or other Micronesians to feel empowered and want to, you know, wear their culture on their skin, on their bodies as because it's such a beautiful thing. And it's one thing to appreciate Ross hanging in a gallery, but then when you wear it, it's like, it's so beautiful. And um, I visited uh, some students at a College of Micronesia once, and I had them write some poems about, or write what they, how they feel about wearing Ross. And a lot of them said, you know, it's beautiful because it's what my mother wears. And I had a student say, you know, it makes me feel like a flower, <laughs> you know, beautiful. And um, I hope that that never changes, you know. All right. Well, again, Dr. Emily, thank you uh, for the time uh, on the podcast uh, and uh, continue to do what you do. As I said, literature, Uros, it's all amazing. And, and to see, um, you know, something like this happen. And we hope to see more of it. You know, we, we talk about uh, the traveling Scato. I hope, you know, it, it'd be the same for the Uros that we'll see it up in many other museums around the world. Let's showcase our, our beautiful culture, uh, not only here in Micronesia, but to the world. That, that pretty much wraps up another episode of the One Micronesia podcast. My name is Victorious, and I just got to say peace. The One Micronesia podcast is brought to you by Docomo Pacific. Better together.